Welcome to episode 11 of the Women of the Military podcast. Today's guest is Annette Wittenberg. Today we talked about the story of her leaving the military after 17 years when she got passed over for lieutenant colonel and what that experience was like. We also talked about what it's like to be a male-to-male couple and what it was like to transition to be a military spouse. And we also covered the topic of what it's like to be a mom while serving in the army. You are listening to the Women of the Military podcast, where we share the stories of female service members and how the military touched their lives. I'm your host, military veteran, military spouse, and mom, Amanda Huffman. My goal is to find the heart of the story and uncover issues women face while serving in the military. If you want to be encouraged by the stories of military women and be inspired to change the world, keep tuned for this latest episode of Women of the Military. Annette is a military spouse, mother of two teenagers, one being in college, and a veteran who served in the Army for over 17 years as a chemical officer. She retired and decided to trade her boots in for Converse sneakers to be able to make up for lost time with her now teenage children. Since her retirement, she has PCS from Fort Polk, Louisiana to Fairfax, Virginia to support her husband's military career. Her blog, A Wild Ride Called Life, incorporates stories from her post-military life in which she shares how she lives life as a mom suffering from PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Along with writing her blog, she also writes for other social media sources and has a podcast. I will link to all of Annette's social media handles in the show notes so you can get connected. Welcome, Annette. We're so glad that you're here. I'm excited to hear your story. Thank you for having me. No problem. I really admire, well, I admire all women who serve in the military, but to do it for over 17 years and to have kids, it just amazes me. I can't wait to hear more about what you've done. So I'm going to kind of work backwards to find out more about your story. Instead of starting from the beginning, I'm going to start with the end. And what was it like to transition out of the military? You became a stay-at-home mom, right? I did. Honestly, it was really hard. I got passed over for promotion to lieutenant colonel. So I um, had to retire three years earlier than I expected because I really thought there was a chance. But uh, so when I found out, I was just, I was mad at the world. I was so upset. I um, didn't even stop to really think about maybe this was for a reason. So I didn't even attend my own retirement ceremony. Um, I was really depressed. I had my staff call me and be like, you need to do this, do it for your kids. And I was like, no, you know, screw them. And I was, I was really, I really had a bad attitude. Uh, and if I could change things, you know, I, I would definitely go back and have my kids at least attend the, the ceremony with, you know, all of us that were retiring in November. But after about six months to a year, I just, before, okay, so before I was going to get out, I had a plan. I was like, okay, I can look for a GS job. I'm going to do training. I wanted to stay in the operations and training field where I was at because I really love being with soldiers. Well, then all that changed and I just said, you know what? I'm going to take a year off. I just, I just with all the juggling of meetings and trying to get the kids on time and just stuff like that, I said, I'm going to take a break. So one year turned into two years. And um, after I sat and reflected for a while and I talked to my husband, he's like, you know, it was, it's just numbers. Don't let it define you. And you weren't a bad officer. You were just, that's just, it just happened. And, And it did. It was true because it wasn't just me. There was a couple of my other peers that also didn't make it. And we had, they had a retire early. And so it took me a while to just realize that, yep, 
it, it was for a reason. God had another plan, and it was to see my daughter graduate from high school. It was to see my son make it through freshman year, and I get sad at times still. I'm really happy for all my peers, no doubt about it, because we've been through from lieutenants all the way up now and to see them grow and, and to make it is is absolutely amazing. I do get sad because it would have been my 19th year and, you know, stuff like that. But it's okay because I'm here and I'm in a better place now. <laughs> and But it was hard. It, I know that was a long drawn out story, but it, it was hard. It was not easy at all. Yes, I, I, I relate to that. I had left by choice just because being mill the mill was so hard for us. But it was really hard to leave. And it also... When like the major board like came came out a couple of years ago, and I was like, that could be me, but I'm not <laughs> anymore. And so it's just really hard, especially because your husband's still in the military, and my, mine's is in yes. the military. So I feel really connected to the military, even though I'm not in. And so that's been kind of yes. Hard. What has it been yeah. like to switch from being in the military to being a military spouse? That was hard too because I was right. Let's see, my husband had taken battalion command. I would attend his events just as you know, uh, just a spouse who wasn't as a dual military anymore. But it was still nice because they still, you know, they respected that that fact. And I still, I still attended the his battalion meetings and and stuff like that. So it was just a different role. I think just being able to be around the soldier still helped a lot because that's just what I missed. And, but I mean, there is still times where I feel disconnected, you know, just seeing things on the news, like, oh my gosh, they're changing uniforms. I didn't know that. <laughs> just, right. just, just stuff like that. But it was, it was still, I think it was still, it was still nice to be able to help out just as a, just as a spouse. Cause when I was in, I barely was able to make it to any kind of events. Cause I had my own events. We had to split ops, you know, he had to go to his, I had to go to mine. So so you felt like even as a spouse, you were able to support the military by helping your husband. Yeah. That's cool. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I still, I still love that part as well. And what was it like to go from working to staying at home? They're a lot older. I left when my son was born. And so it was kind of, I would feel like it'd be a little bit different. It's still, um, two years ago, my daughter wasn't able to drive yet, so... Well, she was just starting to drive, so I still I kind of felt blessed that I was able to take them to school and pick them up from practice because before it was, can you get a ride home? And I'm going to be late. Can you stay in after school? And just stuff like that. It felt so bad that I was racing to pick them up. Whereas to now, rather than drive twice a day, I was driving like four times a day to pick them up and take them places. So it was kind of, it, it was hectic, but it was like a good kind of hectic because I missed out on that stuff. I was, I was glad that I was now able to do that. I didn't have to worry about leaving a meeting earlier, feeling guilty because I had to leave work early. I was just able to just do, go and do what I wanted and not have to right. worry about asking my boss. Yeah, <laughs> so. that makes it life a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. So your husband and you both served how long? Were you both active duty? At that point, it was 23 years for him, 17 for me. So we've been married 20 years, so the whole okay. time. Okay, so yeah. you did dual military the whole time. Yes. So you were technically a military spouse before you joined the military? or? Well, he, was, he had just graduated college, so he was just a lieutenant. Okay. And then I just... Yeah, I just graduated after him. So I really, he had already PCS to Germany. So I didn't really get to do the spouse thing until I moved to Germany when I was a lieutenant. 
Okay. Yeah, and I was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, my husband commissioned a year before me, so that's the way life goes. I know. <laughs> so how... Was it challenging to get stationed together as both of you being in the military or in the Army, or...? It was stressful, and it was like we had to just leave it up to our branch managers. Um, fortunately, I don't know, I guess it's all the branch managers are located in the same building on the same floor. So mine was like right down the hall from his. So it was almost like, okay, my guy's going to talk to his guy, and then they'll figure it out from there. We've been fortunate enough to be stationed in the same place every time, except for, um, you know, when we were at Fort Hood, he, he had to, oh, we left at the same time. Let me think. Let me think. Fort Polk, our last duty station, he had, no, Fort Bliss, I'm sorry. He had to leave. He went to, he went to Korea for a year and we stayed at Fort Bliss. So we were able to stay, but he had to leave. That was only that was the only way for us to stay. It was just really weird. And then Fort Polk, he went to Korea for a year. and No, he went to Fort Leonard Wood for a year so that we could stay for her to graduate high school. Yeah, so there was a, there was a, yeah, those couple times where we just had to, he had, he took one for the team. Yeah, that's kid, so. a hard reality of dual military is having to be separated. Yeah, yeah. So you guys have been married since you've joined the service. When did you guys add your kids to the mix? Well, yeah, I commissioned in 99 and I ended up PCSing the Germany pregnant. <laughs> I was four months pregnant with my daughter. So you we were just married for a year. And yeah, so I was 23 in Germany and had her. And then I had my son at 25. So they're both born in Germany. So here I am, first time out of the country with having two kids it was hard the first time because I was homesick and he was in the field and I was like I don't want to be here I was crying so it was yeah it was I, I grew up real quick right you <laughs> so, have to yeah I did so yeah so what was it like having kids and being dual military I feel like for my husband and I we were a couple and we didn't have kids and so like the challenges of military life we overcame and we didn't have to worry about kids but from the get-go you kind of had kids from the very beginning so it was kind of always part of your story yeah it, it was hard I was well we were really lucky to have found a daycare center she had to she started a daycare center when she was six weeks old but um we were really lucky to find two amazing women that I'm still friends with now who were her caregivers there. So that made it a little bit easier because I knew she was taken care of. I knew they loved her. I didn't have to stress about anything except for, you know, dropping her off early, early in the morning to get to PT on time. So that was the hard part. Right. But I think that was the biggest thing was being able to uh, have providers that loved your kid as much as you did. And then same with my son, except for we PCSed when he was three months old. So from Germany back to the state. So that was, that was hard. But I I think that was, that's the biggest thing is being able to find a a caregiver for your children. And that doesn't make you stress out. So we were, somehow we were able to manage it. And somehow I had bosses that were, understanding in let me leave early or or whatever and then if Kirk had to take over then when I had to do field time then he made it happen somehow and we had a German neighbor down the street who ended up watching our kids at some point too so I think that's the biggest thing right there is being 
fortunate enough to find somebody to watch your kids. And right. we got really lucky in Germany. So somehow we made it that far. And then later on, I mean, it got, the older they got, it was harder because you still had to find the right provider. And I, I think that's just the whole time. It's just, it's just, it was just always stressful. Just later on trying to get out of work in time and stuff like that. And I usually had to do most of it because he was always in some kind of leadership role or uh, filling a, um, what do you call it? Key billet slot. It wasn't easy, but we made it happen. I don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds, yeah, whenever you move, you have to find that, just find new childcare and find, that seems like a big challenge. And then you also deployed two times, right? Once to Afghanistan and once to Iraq. Yes. So in Iraq, I deployed six months before he did. My mom ended up moving to Texas and getting a house 10 minutes from us because we were going to deploy. So she was able to help out those first six months. And then when he left, then she took over and then I came back. And so it was kind of, yeah, the, the, the split off thing. I left first, then he left. Somehow we made that work. And then in Afghanistan, he was he was home. So he was able to... So um, with Iraq and you guys like doing back-to-back deployments, how were you able to stay connected to each other and just to your family back home? So with family, I was able to get an Iraqi cell phone so I could really talk to them whenever. Okay. So that was cool. And then, you, you know, the VTCs, I was able to see them on, on the screen back then. So that was neat too. And then uh, he was actually stationed, I think, on a different fob, but in the same area. Like I could see him every so often. I just drive on down to his fob and I was able to, we were able to visit every once in a while. So that was kind of neat too. That is really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So we got lucky with that. Mm -hmm. And what was it like for your kids? Did you notice anything while you were gone or even when you got home? I know they would always ask when I was going to be home and my mom was always worried. So that didn't really help because every time she'd be caught, she'd call and when are you coming back? And that was hard. Uh, But I think she kept them, she was really good at keeping them busy enough to where they were kind of distracted. Okay. And when I came home, um, no, let me see. I don't even remember. I think it was just a bunch of hugs and kisses and we we kind of got back to, not back to normal, but, you know, I was home, mom was home and so things were better and then, you know, I had to adjust and, but um, I think uh, when they were, I wasn't, I can't, that was so long ago, but, uh, but I, it, you know, it was okay because I knew that she, she had them distracted and tennis lessons, swim lessons, everything she, you can imagine she had them in just to keep them busy. So that, that, that was helpful. And you talked in the bio a little bit about how you have PTSD. Is that from your deployment experience? The first time wasn't as, as bad. I mean, I was a, I was a, I was a commander and then I, you know, I had the stressors of uh, making sure, you know, we all deployed and we all came back and just a couple convoys here and there. And then the, and then being away from home like that for a year, that was like, that was crazy and, and just felt like forever. But then the second one to Afghanistan, that was the hardest because we lost, you know, over 30 soldiers. And I've never been in that situation before. I mean, I don't think anybody really has, but I, I didn't, I, I knew one of the soldiers, her husband, that was, that we lost over there, that was hard to see. And then just because of where I work, I was able to, you know, we would always find out what had just happened and stuff like that. And I, um, I didn't know how to handle it, and um, I was able to go on some, uh, is it not a FOB recon? Um, 
I went out with my commander and I was able to go to different locations where the soldiers were and to see them living the way they did was just like, it just blew your mind because here I am, not not me personally, but here we are sometimes complaining about little things and here they are living on top of a mountain or boiling hot water and not getting a shower and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know, it just changes everything. And then uh, just a lot of things were happening with my family then and um, I, I, sorry. Um, that's okay. That was just probably the hardest. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. I remember when I was overseas, we lived in tents and we, I mean, we went to fobs that had even worse living conditions than what we had. And I felt the same way. Like how can people in America complain about their lives when they don't even have it like we're so blessed and I think going overseas and seeing those things really opens your eyes and then coming home I feel like the transition process to coming home is you go from one extreme to another extreme did you feel like I felt really overwhelmed by like coming back to the states just being I don't I can't even put it into words I just felt like I don't know it's really strange yeah it was it's like a whole different stressor when you're over there you're worried about that stuff sometimes you're worried about home but you know that well I knew that my kids were taken care of but then when you come back it's like you got to take care of the bills and the kids and the groceries and you're just like oh my god it wasn't like this over there there's so it's a whole different stressor in your life and and it's just it's so overwhelming to where you just want to go hide in a hole because you didn't have to deal with this over there you worried about so many other things than home life and it, it, yeah, it just, it was completely overwhelming. Yeah, I asked a friend what was the hardest part about a de- her deployment. She was with me on the deployment and she said coming home. And I was like, that's interesting because if you thought about it, everyone think coming home, it's like, that's the best part. But it really is a really hard transition. And I think a lot of people don't talk about it. And that's why I think some people, I mean, I have PTSD from my deployment. A lot of it is because I didn't talk about what I went through. I just went back to like, everything's fine. I'm home. I'm happy. And I never talked about the stuff that I experienced overseas. That's what we we tend to just not talk about it because no one will understand or they weren't there. They didn't see it. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's definitely different. Did you have any other struggles in the military besides deploying? Well, I, when I just took, or um, not took over command, when I finished command, I had a soldier who, he was the nicest guy when we were leaving I met his mom and he was really quiet and he was just a good soldier. Just, I never heard him complain, never knew anything was wrong. And when we came back, I finished command. A little while later, he committed suicide and it was like, I was so, I, we didn't see the signs. I was so mad. Like, what could I have done? How did I not know? And how did we not see it? And did he talk to anybody? Did anybody even hear anything? And it was just, that just... That just killed me. I was, I felt so guilty because I thought, I, I, we thought we knew him, but he was dealing with so many internal things that, you know, it, it just, it was just terrible. It, and then just, um, 
that we lost another soldier in a car accident. And this was all after we came back. It's like, how do we make it there? And then, you know, in that, a car accident at night because someone didn't see the other side of the road and it wasn't his fault. Just oh, just stuff like that. And just it just takes it just takes so much out of you. And I I don't know, I guess I didn't I didn't know how to deal with that. Um, when I was a young soldier, I was a cadet, actually. I went to I went to Germany. I was actually offered an airborne slot or training in Vincenza. And I was like, I want to go to Italy. <laughs> um, I should have done airborne, but I went to Italy. Four days later, we ended up driving to Germany for training. So I ended up spending time there, but I ran across a, a young soldier who took advantage of my me being naive and I got, I asked to be sent home early because I was absolutely traumatized. I was like, what is going on? They're not supposed to do stuff like this. And I thought, you know, I had this whole high expectation of, you know, the soldiers and, you know, I'm not going to blame everybody. They're not all like that. It's just this one particular incident. And I, I was, I had just such a bad taste in my mouth from that and um but I decided to proceed I was like oh I'm gonna keep going and it's not gonna be like this and so I think it just it just started from the beginning and I just put it in the back of my mind and nobody forgot who I told but not not everybody believed me so I just decided I'll just keep it to myself and then that's just how I lived the rest of my life was just kind of keeping it to myself and not saying anything and and then it digs toll on you it does. You know, years later, <laughs> you're like, you want to explode, but you can't because it's not, you're supposed to be strong and tough and nobody asks for help. You could deal with it. There are those like stereotypes and perceptions that the military gives you. Like you're tough, you can get through this. But if you don't talk about the things that you go through, and that's unfortunate that people didn't believe you when you did talk about it, it stays with you. You can't, you can't heal from something if you're not able to talk about it. I wanted to talk a little bit about what your job was, because I don't actually know what a chemical officer does. So you- <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> not a lot of people do. Um, so we did uh, a lot of training with nerve agents, and we're those crazy people that go into a, a live nerve agent chamber and train how to detect it and you know, when you hear about possible chemical attacks overseas um, or what, you know, other countries want to use against us, that's where the chemical people come in. And it doesn't happen very often. That's why, but they're often forgot, uh, forgotten about, but they do in the background. They, they train to detect stuff like that and, and uh, figure out, you know, how far away it is and how it can affect you and what kind of, what kind of agent it is and and stuff like that and uh, chemical warfare and all that cool stuff although I didn't get to do all of that cool stuff um I did it in training but my main focus throughout the years was training and deployment work in the S3 shop and I made sure that our soldiers got trained at one point in time I made sure that we had the resources to bring everybody back and S3 is operations right yes Mm -hmm. the the army has their numbers and I when I deployed I deployed with the army so I kind of remember them but that would be like the operations keeping track of everything going on yeah yeah well my other question is why did you start your blog and what do you have going on right now 
after I took my one year of, not a pity party, but my one year of trying to figure out what I wanted to do and decided that I wasn't going to go back to work, I decided to, I was writing on WordPress, but I was like, I didn't want anyone to read it. I don't want anyone to know. And then I don't, one day I was, I don't know where it came from, but that's where the, the wild ride called life came from. I just, I was like, this is crazy. My life is just one crazy wild ride and I just I stuck with it and that was going to be my thing and um I had somebody you know draw out the logo I came up with exactly what I wanted which was the the VW bus because that's like my dream car the California sign because that was that's where I was raised and then the duffel bag and suitcases and all that silly stuff on there because you know just traveling that's just what we do we're always on the road trying to do something I decided to create a website and at first I was trying to do it on my own and I was like oh I don't know I don't know what I'm doing so I hired another vet to do it for me to help me with it and he that's how this one came to be and I decided here goes I'm about to share with everybody that knows me and doesn't know me of what I've been dealing with and it was huge I was so nervous I was like I don't want pity I don't want people to be like oh my god there's something wrong with her I was like this is it this is me and um I just started sharing it and when this new the the old website was just kind of a thing I was trying to build but this new one that's when it was being actually published and everybody from all over the world I could they, they're on there seeing myself. I'm like, oh my God, what do they think? Is, you know, do I sound crazy? But then I just stopped caring. I just started writing. And, you know, I've had feedback like, oh, I didn't know you were going through that. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. This is, I'm going to, you know, this is, this is it. I'm, this is what I want to do. I want to write. And after that, I found a, I don't remember how I came across it, Medium. Medium had contacted me and was like, we would love to know, it. we would love if you wrote for us. I was like, what? I don't remember even how I found you or how you found me. So I wrote for them for a little while, just talking about my PCS travels, just as past PCS travel. I started following it's called a vet, the vet tribe. And my friend, my, actually the guy who took over for me as a battalion XO, he invited me to that group. And I've been in that group for oh, a little over six months. And I just started hearing all these other veterans, um, pr- entrepreneurs just talk about what they do and how they're doing it and how they got there and offering their services. And then just, um, just a few weeks ago, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to be a speaker. I want to be on stage. I want to be not like Rachel Hollis, but I want to do what she does. <laughs> I love her. I'm obsessed. I think what she does is amazing. And I'm a little nervous because the other day I had written that in college I took speech classes and oh my God, I thought I was going to die. I got so scared getting up in front of people. I wanted to pass out. And then the army, you know, when you have to give a briefing, you're like, oh God, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I would just, I wouldn't be able to sleep. And then when I started speaking in front of soldiers, I was like, okay, this is kind of fun, you know, cause they actually have to listen. <laughs> and then now I actually want to get out there and I want to be a motivational speaker. And so that's what I'm working towards. I've been trying to find events and people who have me and it's going to take a while because I'm not you know, connected. I have to, I'm starting, I'm a baby and right. I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, and then, oh yeah, then I started the podcast, like 
six, seven months ago, but I only did like four episodes because uh, life got in the way and we were moving and I was so stressed out. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm, I just can't do this right now. But, you know, I, I want to get back into that. Actually, I think I'm going to do one today. Um, I just needed to get into the... Um, I think I was holding myself back. I was a little, I was overwhelmed and I was kind of discouraged. I was not, I didn't know. I, I had those moments where do people even care Do what I'm saying? Am I even making a difference? What am I doing? You know, is this a dumb idea? So I would go through those. I think that's normal. That's a normal entrepreneur thing. I, I And I started reading about that. You know, I've, I was reading how some of these, these big guys, these big not name entrepreneurs go through that. I'm like, okay, so it's not just me, you yeah. know, and, and I'm not making any money because that wasn't my goal. In the beginning, I was like, this is just what I want to do. So, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll be a paid speaker later on or whatever, but that's not my goal. My goal is to just, I actually want to reach more people. I want right. to get out there and I want to tell, you know, tell my story. Because I've had a few of my old soldiers reach out to me and say, I'm going through that too, but I don't know how to talk about it. And so, you know, I start from, I start from there and then I do, I actually feel like I am helping somebody. So that's really cool. Yeah. Occasionally I've gotten a few women who are trying to decide if they should get out of the military or they've just gotten out and they're struggling. And when they email me to tell me that my blog helps them, it's like, the biggest encouragement because it's really it? yeah it's been really cool to have though that's like the coolest thing that happened it's better than getting no ab- absolutely that's how I feel I a week ago it was a midnight I was about to turn off my phone and I had some random person on my website message me I have no idea who they are because it doesn't tell me their names but she reached out to me and first she thought I was a you know robot because it was like I was an automatic thank you for visiting but then she says are you real and I was like oh I was like yeah I am she's like oh because I thought you're a robot and I said no I'm not she says well thank you for you know writing your blog it's really inspirational I was like wow that like it just almost makes me cry because you don't know who's reading or who is affecting and then some random person says it to you that absolutely I agree with you if you can help one person then it's just like it makes you want to keep going so it's awesome well I have one last question for you it's what would you tell girls considering joining the military I would say you can do it I've heard many people say I don't know how you did it there's no way I could that was so me 19 years ago. I didn't join at 17 or 18. I joined when I was 22, but um, I was, I did not grow up in a military family at all. I think my grandfather, but I never met him. So I didn't even know he was in the army till later, but um, I didn't grow up in that. And so I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, eh, let me try it. But you could totally do it. If you want to do it, you could do it. Just have the mindset and never let anybody make you feel like you can't do it because look at those females in the Rangers battalion or you know getting the tabs holy crap i don't think i could do that now but they did it because they went in there and they you know they're doing it for themselves don't feel like you have to prove it to anybody just do it for you yeah you your time you don't have to do 20 do as long as you want and it's all up to you it's 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 for you not for anybody else that's great advice and i really i love that and i really appreciate having you on i've loved hearing about your experience of being in the military and just we're just so thankful for the sacrifice you made to serve our country for 17 years so thank you for your service and thank you for being on the podcast do you have anything else that you want to tell people 
No, I want to say that I'm just so glad that we kind of met on LinkedIn. <laughs> I think what you're doing is awesome. I love reading your posts. Um, you're inspirational. And I think what you're doing is amazing. So I'm absolutely so blessed to be able to be on your podcast because it's just going to be such an amazing thing. So thank you for doing what you're doing because it's going to change so many lives. So you're mm-hmm. awesome. And Thank I'm you so, so lucky much. to be on here. Thank you. <laughs> You're well, that, so welcome. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. And I'll make sure to link to all of Annette's social media and everything else that she has going on so that you can find her. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women of the Military. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing stories I have with women who have served in the military. Did you love the show? Don't forget to leave a review. Finally, if you are a woman who has served in the military or is currently serving in the military, please email me at airmentomom at gmail.com so I can set you up to be on a future episode of Women of the Military.